0: One day, two men approached me after a Sunday morning worship service. They both said kind things about my sermon and then quickly turned the conversation in a different direction. They wanted to know if I was aware of a couple in the church that was engaged to be married. The two men did not approve because of their mixed races. In the presence of such evil prejudice, righteous anger burned within me. I made it clear to those men I had no problem with the marriage and they shouldn't either. I don't think I won them over. Pride and prejudice have always threatened the purity and beauty of the gospel. It's time to repent of it once and for all. I'm Ron Jones and this is something good.
1: Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Hello, and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian, thanks for tuning in. Well, the apostle Peter didn't always feel this way, but a supernatural encounter with God showed him the truth. Ron takes us there next as he continues his teaching series, AD Acts of the Apostles, and online. And online, you'll find this at somethinggoodradio.org, where you can listen to the program on your schedule or make a safe and secure donation to the ministry. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Acts chapter 10, here's Ron with part two of his message, Pride, Prejudice, and the Gospel. James warns,
0: my brothers as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, do not show favoritism. And in the context of James chapter 2, it was favoritism over economic status. James says, don't do that. Uh, Another one of the teasers reads this, partial, biased, prejudiced, favorable, discriminatory. These are all words that inflame our emotions. The sin of partiality is ugly and it makes us angry, but respecters of persons are easy to spot. They appear as intellectual snobs, economic elites, and holier-than-thou churchgoers. They are parents that favor one child over another, neighbors that look down their noses at you, and worse, pastors that give preferential treatment to rich people in their congregation. It's one thing to make fine distinctions between two restaurants or in how you choose to spend your leisure time, but to show partiality to one person over another on the basis of age, gender, skin color, or economic status is the axis of evil. And many years ago when I stood in that church lobby with those two good old boys, I felt like I was standing on the axis of evil. Prejudice is something that rears its head in every generation. And certainly when it comes to the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, we should show no partiality, no respecter of persons, no favoritism, no, oh, you're in this category and I'm in this category, and then that feeling of superiority rises up within us that, that, that there's just smells of evil in the nostrils of God. God is no respecter of persons, and Peter had to learn this. Let me summarize uh, the, 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 the rest of chapter 10. Peter was inwardly perplexed. Uh, the next day, it tells us, that he rose and went away with his envoy from Caesarea. And uh, they went all the way uh, to Joppa. When he arrives, uh, uh, Cornelius has already gotten together his family and and his friends. There's a big crowd there. They're anticipating what the Lord is going to say to them through Peter. And when Peter walks in, it says um, that Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him, but Peter lifted him up saying, stand up, I too am a man. Three cheers for Peter there. Cornelius goes on to say, four days ago. Remember, it took two days for them to travel from Caesarea to Joppa. Now, another two days for Peter and the envoy to go from Joppa back to Caesarea. Uh, Isn't it amazing how God is working both ends against the middle here? This gospel train is moving. He gives Peter little time to just wrestle with all this. He is inwardly perplexed, but as he is on the rooftop and inwardly perplexed, the Bible says... (laughs) Uh, that the envoy from Caesarea was standing at the door. In other words, you know, the Lord's not going to give Peter a whole lot of time to twist around his axle and say, well, you know, I didn't grow up that way and, and all that kind of stuff. No, Peter, this gospel train has left the station. It's about 10 years, by the way, after Pentecost, Acts chapter 10 is. It's time. It's time to fulfill the breadth and the scope of the mission And the Lord has already turned up the heat on him in Acts chapter 8 to get him out of Jerusalem into Judea and Samaria. Now he is fast-forwarding matters in Peter's heart so that Peter's pride and prejudice doesn't stand in the way of what God is doing. They get to Caesarea. Cornelius says, four days ago about this hour I was praying. He relates the story of the vision from the angel, (laughs) and then it says, verse 33, so I… I sent for you at once, and you've been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Cornelius has all of his family and all of his friends, and they're all saying, Peter, what's the Lord been telling you? What a a moment for Peter. It wasn't a Peter to say, well, you know, let me go think about this a little bit. No. It it was time, Peter. Peter. You're either going to be used of God to advance the gospel at this moment to the Gentiles, or you are going to stand in the way of a fast-moving train and that train is going to run over you. That's that's the implication here. And fortunately, Peter does the right thing. brings me to the third observation, and that is that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It says in um, verse 34, so Peter opened his mouth, and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Hey, three cheers for Peter. He may, may have grown up with all of these distinctions and this, this sense of pride, even national pride, that produced a prejudice in, in some of the Jewish people. You know, they were the chosen people of God, right? Everybody else's dirt was some of the attitudes. He might have grown up in that, but he's learned the lesson well, and he's getting on board this gospel train, and now he's beginning to proclaim. Verse 36, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with Him after He rose from the dead. And He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that He is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To Him, all the people, all the prophets rather, bear witness that everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sins through His name. Oh, this is a great moment for Peter. Peter. Uh, Peter says, no, I'm not going to stand in the way of what God is doing here. I'm, I'm boarding this gospel plane. He gets it now. The gospel is for the whole world without respecting persons or nations or, or all of that. It's, it's for everybody, including, including of all people, the Gentiles. You've got to be kidding me, a pure Jew would say. And he proclaims Jesus Christ and him crucified and says to Cornelius, a devout man. He says, everyone who believes in him, in this Jesus, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. You see, up to that point, Cornelius had, had trusted in his own goodness, his own religious devotion. I ask people all the time if you were to die today and stand before God and he were to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? the most common response has to do with their own personal religious devotion. I've been a pretty good person. I'm a charitable person. I go to church regularly. The road to hell is paved with such intentions and religious devotion. Do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Forgiveness is through His name, not your name, not my name, not somebody else's name. It's through the glorious name of Jesus Christ. And Peter uses this opportunity to proclaim the gospel. Three cheers for Peter here. And then the Bible tells us in verses 44 through the end of the chapter that the Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles, on Cornelius and his household, those who had received the Lord and believed in him. There's another Pentecostal experience here. It's it's, it's Acts chapter 2 all over again. And the Lord delays the coming of the Holy Spirit for this moment to put an exclamation point right here. To say now, now the plan is in full, full form. It's gone from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria, now to the uttermost parts. Had Peter and the rest of them tried to stand in front of this fast-moving gospel train, oh, the Lord would have found another way, I'm sure. But, you, you know, humanly speaking, you and I wouldn't be here today as Gentile believers grafted in to God's plan here. That's why when we go to Israel and tell the story, our first place is Caesarea. We, we, we tell the story of Cornelius. And, and actually, we, st- we start in Joppa the night before and then Caesarea the next morning because it's such a pivotal time. What did William Barclay say? The 10th chapter of Acts tells a story that is one of the greatest turning points in the history of the church, and it is. The question is, will it be a turning point in your life and in my life? Uh, will, Will the Lord purge any remnant of toxicity in us known as pride and prejudice? Uh, that desire is to make categorical comparisons and distinctions between yourself and another person and to allow yourself ever so subtly, ever so quietly, ever so privately feel superior to another person.
1: Still ahead, the rest of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Pride, Prejudice, and the Gospel, right here on Something Good Radio. Somethinggoodradio.org is the place to go to hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out the new Something Good digital library, where you can search to find answers to your biblical questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. You can stream for free and on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Something Good exists only through the faithful prayers and financial support of listeners just like you. For your gift to Something Good Radio today, we'll give you the complete audio download to the series you're hearing now, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. That's all 19 messages in Ron's teaching series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. It's our way of saying thank you for your gift to Something Good Radio. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org, again, somethinggoodradio.org, or you can mail your gift to PO Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456, and you can also call our offices, 757-276-1099. And now let's get back to Ron for the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, Pride, Prejudice, and the Gospel.
0: One more lesson, Number four, accept those whom God has accepted. And this takes us to um, chapter 11 and through verse 18. I won't take the time to read it all. Let me just summarize. Peter now finds his way to Jerusalem. Peter, uh, this part of his soul has been redeemed and is in the process of being sanctified, but he has some brothers some apostles, some other church leaders in Jerusalem that aren't quite there yet. And when Peter arrives, they criticize Peter. They criticize him because he, they heard that he had lunch with a Gentile, an uncircumcised person. <laughs> they're, they're still making the distinctions. They've got categories. No, no Peter, you, 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 can't, you can't hang out with a person like that. And, and Peter gently tells them the story. And, and he recalls everything that we just went through in chapter 10. Interestingly enough, you, you know, Luke, as he, as he pens the book of Acts, the, the, one of the reasons we know this is an important story is because of the editorial space that it takes up in the book of Acts. It's, it's all of chapter 10 and half of chapter 11. And, and understand that when Luke was writing this 2,000 years ago, he didn't have word processing. Uh, he couldn't write something down, crumple up a piece of paper, toss it aside, and do it again. They had papyrus which was a precursor to paper, and papyrus was very, very expensive. The largest rolls, scholars tell us, were about 35 feet long, about long enough for the book of Acts. And, and as Luke is writing this, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he, he really didn't have the opportunity to say, no, nah, I don't like that, crumple it up and throw it aside. He had to get it right the first time. When I write something, I write, I rewrite, I rewrite again, I pass it on to my editor, and he rewrites even some of that. That's just the way we do it today. Back then, no, not with papyrus. So his choice of this much editorial space in this role of papyrus is significant because this is a significant story, not just for the overall plan of God, but, but also for how it forces us to examine our own hearts, right? Are we respecters of persons? And Peter goes to Jerusalem and he finds some resistance to all this. They they, they haven't bought into this. They haven't boarded the gospel train. They're still in Jerusalem for that matter. And they resist him on this. He tells the story, he tells it well. And uh, in verse 17, Peter says If then God gave the same gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that is, to them, the Gentiles, as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I that I could stand in God's way? (laughs) Have you ever thought that maybe what you're doing and what you're resisting and what you're holding on to is standing in the way of what God is doing, standing in the way of His gospel train? Listen, you stand in the way of what God is doing. Friends, that train will run you over. It will run you over. God may give you fair warning. He may work with you as He did with Peter. But you allow pride and prejudice to stand in the way of what God is doing, that train's gonna run you right over. Peter said, I couldn't imagine standing in God's way. It says, when they heard these things, they fell silent. Truth always silences religious and other kinds of bigotry. And it says, then they glorified God, saying, then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Hip, hip, hooray for the church in Jerusalem. Amen? Amen. Praise God that this turning point happened and the gospel went to the ends of the earth and even to people like you and me. Now, here's the reality, friends. Pride and prejudice die a slow death in every one of us. And it rears its ugly head in every generation. It even threatened the early church, and it threatens us today because we have to relearn these lessons. And my encouragement to you, uh, along with the challenge that I have felt in my own heart this week, is, is to pray this prayer. Psalm 139 and verse 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Don't look to your left or to your right or in front or the back or think about somebody else. This is subtle. This is uh, very deceitful. Is there any categorical comparison you or I are making that allows an attitude of superiority to rise up in us? Oh, you may never verbalize it. You may just think it. Ask God, Ask God to purge that from you and board His gospel train in a way and see the beauty of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, for God so loved the world. The world, and the world is made up of all kinds of different people, different from you and me, location, race, skin color, nationality, age, marital status, economic status, you name the category. But in the body of Christ, the beauty of it is unity in the midst of diversity. That's heaven. Heaven will be an ethnically diverse place. Heaven will be such a diverse place. We're coming from all kinds of experiences and all kinds of, you know, places. Got to get on that gospel train. You got to board God's plan. And when you do, man, it's the ride of your life, and there's beauty, and there's experience in that. I'm so glad that I've never had in this church the experience that I had in that church, oh, 15 or 20 years ago when I stood in the lobby and those two good old boys. I, I still, to this day, want to grab them by the neck and go, wham! Well, I, I, I've never had to do that here, and praise
1: God for that. Amen. You're listening to Something Good Radio, and a message from Dr. Ron Jones called Pride, Prejudice, and the Gospel. Ron, one of the things that really hit home for me today was just the simple reminder that God is not a respecter of persons, but we are sometimes. There's pride and prejudice, at least to some degree, in all of us, and it isn't always about race or gender or age, is it? You're absolutely right, Brian.
0: There's so much more to it than the things you just mentioned, Things most would say are the more obvious biases or prejudices. Here's one that's a little more under the radar. Think of the story of Saul of Tarsus. He was a murderer of Christians, a first-century terrorist, who himself became a follower of Jesus Christ. And people question the legitimacy of his conversion. On the one hand, it seems natural to wonder about his conversion— But on the other hand, there's a deep-seated and often unrecognized pride there as well, not based on race or gender or age, but based simply on the fact that some very likely viewed Saul as a lost cause, somebody who was beyond redemption. And all of us have probably been guilty of that at one time or another. Now, it's true when it comes to sharing the gospel, pride can work both ways, in believers and unbelievers alike. Ultimately, it is pride that keeps an unbeliever from placing his or her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Ironically, it is the pride of Christians that sometimes keeps us from sharing our faith with those we might deem lost causes. Uh, we think to ourselves, well, that person has made it clear that he or she has no interest in Jesus. So we hold our tongue. We, uh, we don't move into that opportunity to share our faith and start a conversation. Well, let me encourage our listeners today, and I say this to myself as well, that if we're too proud to share the gospel with a proud person, that is someone we view as a lost cause or someone we believe is beyond redemption, well, we've missed the whole point of the Great Commission. Uh, we're all proud. We deal with pride at some level, some more than others, but, but all of us to some extent. Uh, we've got to humble ourselves, Brian, Never let it be said that we, as as fallen human beings, saved and justified by the grace of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, can know for certain how someone will respond to the gospel. So share your faith with people God puts in your path, no matter what you may think their objections may be. Uh, That spiritual mandate we call the Great Commission came without exceptions. Jesus said, make disciples of all nations, share it with the whole world. Not the whole world and all nations except for this person or that person. No, Jesus died for all. And we should share that message of hope with all without bias
1: and prejudice. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some final thoughts about today's message, Pride, Prejudice, and the Gospel. Well, Ron, if you would, tell us what's in store for us tomorrow as you continue your teaching series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. You know, Brian, when the church was first launched some 2,000
0: years ago, it was born into a culture that was hostile to the faith. Now, I don't mean the culture was a little bit unfriendly to it. No, it was openly hostile to the Christian faith and to those who practiced it. Starting tomorrow and for the next two days, I'll use that as a backdrop for what I believe is going on here in America today. Times have changed, Brian. Our culture is beginning to be openly hostile to Christianity and to Christian people in general. The question is, how should we as believers in Christ respond to this hostility? And I have three answers to that question, three practical suggestions that I believe can help all of us as we navigate our way through these changing times. And I'll share them tomorrow in my
1: message titled, The First Christians. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones continues his teaching series, AD Acts of the Apostles. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.